Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Podcast Daily. It is Wednesday, January 11th. I am Jeremy Birmingham. Joined today, uh, we went deep on the bench. We got Andrew Ellis joining us to talk because we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting stuff for this episode of the Podcast Daily. Austin is traveling. Bill is uh, parenting. I am just sitting in Los Angeles waiting for a flight. That will happen on Wednesday morning. So you get a little bit of a different feel for the Podcast Daily. Andrew, this is your inaugural uh, appearance on The Daily. You know, well, how does it feel? How do you feel about this? Is this a big moment for you? Would you consider this one of those life-changing events that people talk about? I know you just got married, but if you had to stack up like the feeling of getting married versus appearing on the podcast daily, which would you say is more important? Oh, wow. I mean, it's indescribable, really. I mean, we're getting ready to go on our honeymoon here, leaving in about eight hours, but this this is bigger than that. So it, it doesn't get much bigger than this. So happy to be on That's here. What, that's what I thought. I really kind of felt that would be the answer. Um, you're, you're making, you're making your way out of the country for your honeymoon. So, uh, hopefully that's a great time. Thank you for taking some minutes to join me on this. As I said, first time ever on the podcast daily, we're going to talk recruiting. Uh, Ohio state seems pretty well finished in 2023 outside of a couple chasing down, uh, in the transfer portal, but it seems like even in the portal that's done as Jarrett Kingston, the offensive tackle from Washington state announced on Tuesday that he was heading to USC, Ohio state. Is still going to look, I think, in the transfer portal at cornerback and at offensive tackle, but probably not until the end of uh, the, the spring, you know, football period at this point. So we can start to talk a little bit more about the class of 2024, which we have not done a lot of on any episode of Talking Stuff or anywhere else. Ohio State has a couple very big time commitments in that class. You've got the number one ranked receiver in the country in Jeremiah Smith. You've got a, a family. Uh, of Buckeyes and, and Garrett Stover there committed one of the best athletes in the country who'll probably start at linebacker for Ohio State and then you have Ian Moore the number one ranked offensive tackle in the country according to Rivals.com so it's a pretty good start obviously uh, those three additions have sort of been uh, mitigated a little bit the excitement I think with the loss of Dylan Rayola uh, in the last month it seems like Dylan Rayola may end up committing to Georgia sometime in the near future or at least I think the Bulldogs have the lead there they were the number two team in his mind when Ohio State was picked back in May. So it's a little frustrating, I think, for Ohio State fans to hear that, but it is what it is, uh, not a position Ohio State fans should really worry about at quarterback. But on this episode of the Podcast Daily, Andrews first, we are going to talk about positions that we think Ohio State does need to worry about in the class of 2024 and where Ohio State needs to spend most of its focus and or really hit a home run in this cycle. Um, the signing period for 2024 will be what December 19th or 20th. So got about 11 and a half months to get ready for that to, to really unfold. But Andrew, as you look ahead, knowing where Ohio state had their successes and their, uh, you know, let's call it what they were failures in the class of 2023. What do you think the single biggest priority for Ohio state is in the class of 2024? So, I think, you know, you look down that commitment column for the 2023 class and there's one glaring position of need and there's not a single running back on that list. And I think if there's any, if there's ever a class when Tony Alford needs two guys, much like he got a couple of years back with Evan Pryor and Travion Henderson, it's going to be the 2024 class. So that's kind of the big position I'm looking at. Um, I, I know there's not anybody that's particularly close to committing right now or anything, but you got a really good one in the state down in Cincinnati with Jordan Marshall. And, you know, there's a couple of big time national names like Stacey Gage and Jared Gibson and those types of guys. But I think if you're looking at one position group for 2024, it's, it's gotta be the running back room. 
I think that is a great place to start, and I totally agree. I think Jordan Marshall down at Cincinnati Muller, he's the Ohio Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, a player that is really, really special, a guy that Ohio State didn't push all in on until about midway through his junior year. Now that they have, he is the top of the board priority for Tony Alford and the Buckeyes. As you mentioned, guys like um, you know Stacey Gage or Jarek Gibson are up there. There's also a kid in Texas named James Peoples that Ohio State really likes. Uh, but there is an opportunity in the class of 2024 to stay local. And you have players like Samuel Williams Dixon, uh, Samuel Dixon Williams, I'm sorry, um, in the state as well, that you could probably get both guys in the state if you really make a push and, uh, and focus on, on, um, Jordan Marshall. With him, you're talking Michigan, you're talking Tennessee. He's going to take a visit up to Wisconsin and see Luke Fickle, who was obviously recruiting him pretty hard at Cincinnati. And so, but that is a great starting point. I think you could almost go down the list of positions in the class of 2023 and see other spots where there were misses. And if you've seen the focus for Ohio State in the last month in the transfer portal where they've tried to get their, uh, you know, sums into the mix with a number of top-ranked offensive tackles that were in the, in the recruiting portal, the transfer portal, sorry, whatever it is, it's all the same now. People are just recruiting from the transfer portal and transferring to the recruiting portal, it seems like, because they already know where they're going before they enter the transfer portal, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, the needed offensive tackle is great. Now, it's it's a weird position in a way because you don't recruit an offensive tackle and expect him to play right away. But the depth at Ohio State is such where if you can go out and find a really good one in the class of 2024, there's an, a chance to play very, very early uh, if in Columbus for that group. And I think that's a spot where Ohio State's going to have to just have some, absolutely hit a home run. Um struggling a little bit, <laughs> not a great start because Cam Pringle, the number one ranked offensive tackle by a lot of people, uh, just released his top six. He'd been to Ohio State twice and didn't include the Buckeyes on his list. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing for Ohio State. But uh, Gerby Lambert uh, in Massachusetts is one they're really high on. Daniel Calhoun in Georgia is another guy they like. Brandon Baker out in, in California where I am now at Modern Day is a very high in Ohio State, but they haven't really had a chance to connect with him as much as they'd like to at this juncture. But offensive line in general – is always a priority, but in this class, and because of the way that NIL has shaped recruiting, uh, the offensive tackle position is now a premium right up there with quarterback and cornerback and defensive end as far as you have to crush those ones every single year. Otherwise, I don't know that you can compete long-term for championships. Yeah, and I guess the good news for for Justin Fry and Ryan Day is that they do have the, you know, the Rivals.com number one tackle in the country, uh, Ian Moore, already in the fold, but there's a long way to go to complete that position group uh, for 2024. And as you said, you've, we've kind of seen the action in the portal and offensive line has been one of those big focus groups. I know they just lost, um, you know, the, the one guy to USC, but um, running back and offensive line, specifically offensive tackler, absolutely two of the bigger priorities for, uh, for the 24 class. Yeah, the nice thing about the offensive line is that you can look at all the recruiting rankings and depending on whatever database you use, obviously we're using rivals in most cases. The Offensive lineman, someone like Jordan Seaton in Washington, D.C., is some folks have him as a guard, but he's 6'6", 300 pounds. I mean, that's a kid who could play tackle. Um, Donovan Harbor in Wisconsin, who's visited Ohio State three times. I mean, he's 6'5", 305 pounds. You could move him around, and Ohio State certainly likes to have offensive linemen that are versatile enough to play multiple spots. And because it's so hard to find true offensive tackles, there's not a bunch of Paris Johnsons out there. So it's not like you have the opportunity to really – just see a six foot seven, two hundred and ninety pound guy that moves like a running back, and and that just doesn't exist. So you, you're going to need to plug and play a little bit. But the transfer portal, I think, is the place where Ohio State is going to find the more ready to play guys at that position. 
Yeah, I agree. I think there's that one kid from Stanford that's still out there in the portal too. So there's a lot that's going to happen here in the next in the next few weeks, I guess. But um, I mean, yeah, yeah because we'll see this what is the world we live in now. This is the world we live in. It's super easy for Ohio, you know. And I know Ryan Day is not Deion Sanders. He's not out there, you know, saying to people, <laughs> "I'm not hard to find" or whatever. But if Ryan Day and he just tweeted from his account, "Hey, we need an offensive tackle and a cornerback, and you can pretty much start for the next two years at Ohio State," it wouldn't be hard to find one. People would line up. You don't know what happens after May, and I'm, I, I, there is a, a a case to be made that Ohio State may need to be more aggressive externally about what they need um, because we just live in a different world now. You can put up a help wanted sign, basically, you know. Yeah, help you can, and offensive <laughs> yeah. tackle, right? And, and I know just speaking about the 2023 season in general, like I know we got the Paris Johnson news earlier today. But I'm interested to see what that offensive line looks like next year. I mean, does a guy like Donovan Jackson move outside? And then you got, you know, Josh Fryer, who can play just about anywhere. Um, that's probably going to be a discussion that you guys will have to have with uh, Mr. Bill Landis when he returns from his uh, his hiatus. So, yeah, from uh, paternity leave. Um, let, let, next position, Andrew. I think, again, if you look at the 2023 class, there is a glaring miss at defensive end. So that's where you got to start. Uh, for 2023 to build out. Ohio State is in the mix, on at least peripherally, for Colin Simmons, who I think is most people's number one ranked defensive end in the class of 2024. He's from Duncanville High School in Texas, which is the same high school that Omari Abor played at. If Abor is able to really make some, some hay this year for Ohio State in his second year, you don't know what happens. Maybe you're able to open that door. Um, but one area that Ohio State is in a bit of an advantage position is with Booker Pickett, who is down there in Tampa at Wharton. That's the nephew of former Ohio State defensive tackle Ryan Pickett. Really explosive edge rusher. One of the best pure uh, you know, edge guys in the state of Florida. Ton of sacks this season. He's small. He's 6'4", 200 pounds right now. But you're talking about 6'4", 230, 240 by the time he's on campus. Um, and then down in Cincinnati, you have Elias Rudolph, who Ohio State offered in June. Big time edge rusher as well, 6'4", 220. Um, he, he's a little raw, but Ohio State offered him at a one-day camp in June when they saw him work. They picked him over Brian Robinson from Youngstown at that same camp. They didn't pick him, but they offered him and not Brian Robinson, who's still working for an offer. But defensive end is a position where you have some potential guys in the state that can help um, you know, start the class, and then you work outward. But you also have, as I said, the advantage with the family ties with a guy like Booker Pickett. Yeah, no, I w- I'm with you on that. I think the what what transpired in the 2023 class is going to kind of leave a sour taste in some people's mouths. But I, I think they're going to need three defensive end types in the 2024 class. Um, the good thing is you got one guy locally, you got some family ties to some other guys throughout the country. But um, I'm with you on that. If they can get three guys in the next class, I think they're going to need to after uh, a slew of misses here heading up to the early signing period about a month ago. Yeah, Ohio State's also very high on the list for Edric Houston down at Buford High School in Georgia. I think that's going to come down to Ohio State or Georgia, so it really depends, I think, on exactly how many guys Georgia takes in that class at defensive end. But, I mean, he he's all over the place. He's rivals number one edge rusher in the country and the number one ranked player in Georgia in the class of 2024. I think that is an Ohio State and Georgia battle, and I'm not going to say that's one Georgia's guaranteed to win because I don't know – if he fits their type, he's six foot three, two hundred and fifty five, two hundred and sixty pounds. He's not your traditional edge rusher at Georgia, and he's also not one of those six four, three hundred and thirty pound defensive tackles. 
that seem to grow on trees uh, in the South. So they, they may be, that may be a situation similar to a guy like Caden McDonald in the class of 2023, where Georgia just can't offer everyone. And um, it, it is fascinating just because Buford is a school we've talked about a lot. That's where Justice Haynes played his senior year. It's where Harry Miller's from. It's where Jake Pope, who went to uh, Alabama, is from. Ohio State, obviously, very aggressively recruiting K.J. Bolden, who is Edric Houston's teammate at Buford, which leads us into the defensive backfield, which probably is where we're going next on this uh, you know, brief uh, whip around of, of position by position of what Ohio State really needs in 2024. And I don't know if it's corner, I don't know if it's safety, but I know you need dudes in the secondary. Yeah, and, and for me, it's corner. And I know we kind of gave out some of our, you know, quick off-the-cuff grades for the last class. And I think getting Jermaine Matthews and getting Calvin Simpson Hunt, those are like two elite corners. For me personally, I would have rather seen them take three or four guys. Um, you know, there were there was a D. John Johnson situation and a couple others. You got two high-end guys, but I feel like they still need some depth there. So I think the biggest thing I'm watching in the 2024 class is when do some of those Ohio guys, you know, come off the board? Uh, when does Aaron Scott or Bryce West kind of make any sort of announcement? And I think that's one thing that they got going for them, Tim, Wal- Tim Walton and Ryan Day, is you got some really good ones here in the state of Ohio, and now it's just a matter of when might something pop with, with those guys. Yeah, and you do need depth because you you enter 2023 with Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke as your presumptive starters out there at corner. Both those guys will be juniors. If you come into Ohio State and you play a really good year at corner as a junior, there's a pretty good chance you're moving on to the NFL after that. With the departure of J.K. Johnson, that's a real touchy spot right now. Ohio State's only going to enter the season with six. I think you will see them, as I said um, earlier on in this episode, is that the offensive tackle cornerback, I would be shocked if they didn't find one in May. But it, it is a position that you have major need. Um, and, and I think, honestly, it, there's also a need at linebacker in that class. Uh, Ohio State only signed one in the class of 2023 with um, uh, Arvell Reese out of Cleveland-Glenville. Sammy Brown down there in Georgia is one that is my favorite player in the class at that position. I think it's probably a, a Clemson lean at this point. Uh, Georgia will obviously continue to stay involved, as they do with everyone down there that's a, a five-star type of talent. But uh, Ohio State has really done a nice job building a relationship with Sammy and has had him on campus a couple times. If if Ohio State can get Tommy Eichenberg to come back and you have two years of that sort of hyper-productive middle linebacker spot, I think you do have a, a pitch there um, for a guy like Sammy Brown, who is being exclusively recruited by Jim Knowles. And that doesn't happen often either. So you do have some of that advantage. You do, as I said, have Garrett Stover, who's likely in that spot. But Edwin Spillman down in Tennessee, um, Sammy Brown, Miles Graham. There's a couple guys that they've been recruiting. Miles Graham's committed to Florida, but you you do have at least relationships with guys around the country. And uh, Kingston Viala Vialamu uh, Viamu Asa out there out here in California uh, from St. John Bosco is another one. Not really. Some of these names are difficult for me to pronounce. That's all right. I try my hardest. <laughs> what, what, let's take let's take a step back. What is the one player as you look at the class of 2024 now? Let's exclude Dylan Rayola, who obviously was not going to stay in the class or chose not to stay in the class. Let's exclude Jeremiah Smith, who's committed and assume that he goes the next year without any sort of issues. You can read about him at ohiostate.rivals.com. Use promo code DTE30. I wrote about him on Tuesday uh, and his process and his relationship with the Buckeyes. What's one player that you think is an early make-or-break type of player in the class of 2024 for Ohio State? 
I, I think it goes back to what we said earlier. I think it's Jordan Marshall because if he doesn't go to Ohio State, I think there's a very, very real chance that he ends up in Michigan. So I think that's the one guy that you have to go out and get. I think early on, I kind of thought maybe Stacey Gage was going to be the top guy for them at running back. But I think now it's become pretty clear that Jordan Marshall is that guy. And if you miss on him and he goes to Ann Arbor, that's um, that's not ideal. So they need to not let that happen. Uh, correct. Also, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's you can't lose him to the Wolverines, especially. Um, and, and I think that you're right. But I also think there's there's so much nuance in this class and so much need in individual tight end is another one. Cade Stover yeah. is coming back. But after next year, you're going to have an opportunity uh, where, where you lose Cade Stover. Joe Royer could move on. Sam Hart, Bennett Christian, all these guys are going to have some tough decisions to make. Uh, G. Scott, obviously, still on the roster and is going to have to figure out what he wants to do, how long he's willing to wait. First year for Keenan Bailey as a full-time assistant. How can he make an impact there? They have what you would think is a built-in win with Damarion Witten up at Cleveland Glenville, a uh, teammate of Bryce West. But he's not your traditional six foot five, 225, 230-pound tight end. So you, the question is, who who do you go after? Uh, we, you know, Christian Bentonker from uh, Illinois was a very top target for Ohio State early in the season. It seems like he's going to end up uh, committing to Clemson this week. So – the question is, how good can Keenan Bailey be, and, and how many guys can Georgia take? I mean, that sort of becomes like the question about every position now because Ohio State seems to almost exclusively recruit tight ends from Georgia. Uh, when you have Landon Thomas, who's probably the best tight end in the country, he's committed to the Bulldogs. Keenan Bailey is, is trying his best to be involved there. Um, but then you also have guys like Michael Smith down there in Savannah and Kylan Fox at, at Grayson that Ohio State's recruiting. So oh, not all those guys can go to Georgia. Georgia's probably going to end up signing Deuce Robinson from uh, Phoenix. Uh, Walker Lyons is going to end up going to Georgia, I think, and he's going to take a, uh, a mission year, so he won't be there until the class of 2024. Like I don't know how many they can take when they also have Pierce Sperling in the class of 2023. This is not a Georgia recruiting show, so let's not talk about Georgia. But <laughs> – they, they do impact Ohio State a lot because they're recruiting a lot of the same players. Yeah, I mean, they do. And I know uh, Keenan Bailey's kind of had some correspondence with Tavion Galloway from down in Chillicothe as of late. I don't think he's like at the top of the board by any means, but committed to LSU right now. I do kind of wonder if maybe something happens there at some point over the next year, but um, there's definitely some bigger names out there that they're involved with right now. So. We'll uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Georgia can't take Georgia can't take like twelve tight ends. At least you don't think so. Right, so and, we'll and, see. and LSU signed and LSU signed three in the twenty three class. So you you don't know exactly what happens. Ohio State, uh, as you mentioned, has been kind of kicking the tires on Tavion Galloway, but they're going to want to see him back on campus and, and at another camp this summer. He did not fare particularly great at their camp last summer. Right. Had a tough time catching the ball a little bit, and I think that sort of put him on the back burner. But there are a number of opportunities and. Ohio State's looking at probably a 25 to 28 person class, I think, in the class of 2024. So there should be, there should be an opportunity to take double digit kids from Ohio. And I, I think personally, if I was setting up the strategy for this cycle, I would do my best to knock out as many of those as I could early. It's what Ryan, did, Ryan Day did in the class of 2020 when he took Jacob James and Trailer Rue and those guys in the early part of the cycle, just saying, hey, if we're going to offer them eventually, you may as well offer them now. Um, and because you're getting beat on the back end in some of these relationships. Yeah, uh, 
I'll just say a 25 to 28 man class for Ohio State, I will file that under the believe it when I see it category. I just feel like we've been in this spot so many times where the next class is going to be this huge class. And now you got the portal out there. So I, um, I, I'll, I'll believe that one when I see it. I hope it happens. So we'll, uh, I guess yeah. we'll see. Well, I mean, it, it is going to be a, a barometer of exactly how willing Ohio State is to adjust their recruiting um, approach. And it's certainly they prefer to recruit high school students uh, as opposed to dealing with the portal. But sometimes the portal is a little easier. But you also, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. So, you know. Praise be the portal. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, do you have anything else? Uh, not really. Not to keep hammering on the Georgia thing. I know Peyton Woodyard just committed to there. And if, if Ohio State loses K.J. Bolden and Peyton Woodyard to Georgia, that's going to be um, two incredibly tough pills to swallow. But, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you beat TCU like 100 to 5 in front of everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Ohio State, would have only, Ohio State would have only beaten them like 70 to 5. So, uh, exactly. it, it's unfortunate that they didn't get a chance to do it. But they're going to get another chance because college football never ends, and neither does recruiting. But what does end, Andrew, is the podcast daily, and it's ending now. This is Wednesday. It's January 11th. We appreciate you watching. That's Andrew Ellis. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. You can, as I said, head to ohiostate.rivals.com. Use promo code DTE30 for a free month to join us on the message boards there. We appreciate you, as always, watching and listening. We will see you next time.